Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And as always, I'm Chris. And welcome back, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another week of conversation here about the world of games. And I do want to give a quick shout out to everyone that has been sharing these pictures with us um, and sharing them on your stories and stuff like that. You know, Spotify just did a you know yearly roundup where it shows like what shows you've listened to the most. And I've actually gotten a few screenshots from people showing that our Joe made their top five list, which is really awesome. So we really appreciate that. Um, we really appreciate all the listens, all the shares, all the love out there. So thank you guys so much for that. It's a really fun little tool that they set up. It's actually crazy to look at it and see like how many minutes you've dumped into Spotify. And it's a little <laughs> jarring <laughs> seeing that number sometimes because mine was pretty high up there. <laughs> pretty nuts but anyway before we jump into today's topic i do want to uh just kind of see how everything's going see if if you have anything to shout out game wise life wise all of the fun things what do you have going on this week chris uh well i kind of locked down i guess you could say or i i did something stupid Mm -hmm. i uh i was able to get a series x Oh. So the payment plan, of course, I'm I'm not balling enough to just drop it like that. But yeah, you know, I figured, oh, you know, thirty bucks a month or so, like that, that's doable, you know. So I figured, why not? I I've been putting off, not really putting off, but I really want a new graphics card for my computer. But seeing as how with everything going on, the price is still like over a grand right. for any of like the good cards. And I was sitting there like, you know what? Maybe this is the generation that I just stick to the consoles, you know? Because for a while there, like, I was just stuck to PC and my consoles kind of came second. Mm-hmm. But Game Pass being super easy to use and I like that I can play it there. I can play it on the computer and it just kind of bounce back and forth, which is nice. Yeah, And I'll have xCloud so I can play on my phone too if I want. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really excited. I haven't really played Xbox since the 360, so it'll be kind of cool going back to that ecosystem as I, I really do like the Xbox ecosystem a lot. You know, it's I had a 360 over the PS3, and then I switched to the PS4 during that gen because the Xbox One kind of seemed boring. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's kind of cool. You know, I... uh I learned what Dolby Atmos is, so I'm going to look into that. that. (laughs) Huh? What's that? I don't even know what that is. So it's like a digital license you can buy. Mm -hmm. I think it's like 15 bucks. And it's a, I guess you could look at it as like a driver or a software, right? And you can do it on PC. The Series X allows it where it's a sound setting so basically you get surround sound like in your headphones or Mm. it's a more in-depth surround sound for your speakers that's cool it sounds dumb that it's like oh you have to like buy a license for this but from people i know like in person that have it they're like oh yeah this sounds amazing like you need to actually like hear the difference because i never really use anything like that like i know windows sonic is the free version that people talk about but uh i'm curious about it you know like i i feel like i love sound and having decent headphones i'm like well why not 
you know, right. like makes sense. Let's hear what I'm missing out. But I'm excited. Um, the only reason why I was holding off on the Xbox is as being a collector, you know, with the Game Pass, it kind of does away with collecting games. So I was like, I don't really know if I want to do a digital kind of platform. But hey, you know what? Like, it's going to save me money in the long run yeah. in that case. So I'm excited. And I know you have an Xbox One, so we can actually play games together on that too. Yeah, so. that'd be nice. We can actually get things set up and going. Yeah. That'll be fun. Hell yeah. I'm excited for that. But uh, how have you been? Uh, you know, just hanging out, having fun. Uh, just, you know, still scouring the job market, see what I can find. Uh, don't worry, guys. I'm still employed. <laughs> I'm just trying to find a different out, uh, you know. I'm getting up there in age, so I'm trying to fi- find a different career path for myself. Been doing the same thing for about 16 years, so, you know, I think it's time for a change. But Time you know, to make a game. Yeah, I know. I, I That's what I was thinking last night. I was like, you know what? I just need to buckle down and just start making something. Um, I was actually approached recently about a potential game that someone was doing the art for and they have an idea behind it, but they don't have any experience with programming or setting things up or actually making it a real game. So I might, you know, jump in and try that out and see what happens. I, I think the biggest thing is I just need to use the tools that I was given, you know, with my degree and everything like that. And I just haven't had the time, <laughs> but I think I need to definitely make the time to do that. And it'll be really fun to explore that world again. Um, see what has changed over the last you know year of not doing something with it. So that would be really, really cool. But as far as like game wise, I uh, did pick up Book of Travel, started that one out and got to say that game is absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, you can tell it's a little rough still on certain aspects. Um, I feel like it could give you a little bit more information there. Uh, but it does definitely give you a lot of really cool lore, um, a lot of background of the characters themselves, the choices you're making. So that aspect is really cool. The starting equipment is randomized, which is pretty interesting. Um, and so you kind of come out with the luck of the draw, see if you have anything that you can potentially trade with people. Um, but I am excited to test out the multiplayer option eventually uh, where you can play with your friends on these different servers and see how it actually changes the gameplay itself because i mean it right now it feels like just a really great way to explore this beautiful wilderness out there um as i'm curious to see what other things it has available but i'll I'll keep playing through that and see how that one goes um but yeah i think that's really it besides that i've just been listening to a crap ton of podcasts lately (laughs) like way too many to be honest uh, just started listening to Join the Party podcast because, you know, you guys, I am absolutely obsessed with Dungeons & Dragons real play podcast and Join the Party is one a fantastic show. Like they do some really cool stuff with it. And I like the I'm on the second season of theirs or the second arc. And I really like the way that they're doing it. And I think you would really appreciate this, Chris, too, because it's not fantasy based. Really, it's more mm. it's in the real world setting. So they're in like 2020 uh, while they're doing this. Um, and it's more like superhero stuff, right? But they use the D&D mechanics and they actually have a module available called No Capes. Um, it's on their store that you can check it out. But you can actually take that module and do like basically reskin anything you want using D&D mechanics. That's how they try to set it up to make it a little bit easier for everybody. So it's really cool to see what they've done, um, see where they started and where they are now. Like it's awesome like so much so so cool 
uh, definitely something I want to check out and do some more. But then I've also been listening to a bunch of, you know, movie podcasts too. Like Feels Like the First Time is a fantastic little one out there. They have like a really good, um, you know, uh, relationship between each other. I mean, obviously they're a couple, so their relationship is great. <laughs> At least you would hope so. But the chemistry when they're talking is really cool. And the 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 whole premise behind the show, I think, is great, where he is definitely a cinephile. He's in film. He makes movies. Um, they both are in, you know, some sort of production role. Um, and she hasn't seen a bunch of movies, so he's able to share some movies that stood out to him throughout his, you know, life with her and it's cool to like listen to episodes that you've watched the movie too and you know it's like a great one and live vicariously through her reaction and like actually get to hear a genuine or a genuine like firsthand reaction to uh, something that you actually might appreciate as well so it's been really really interesting listening to that but that's really it for me just a lot of binging and uh, different sources of media like always what else is there to do in life? Yeah, good point, right? <laughs> All right, so why don't we jump into today's topic? Uh, today we are going to be going over. We're going to be tackling one of the biggest, I say, I would say, biggest gaming companies out there right now, um, and they are definitely starting to gain more and more traction every day. It feels like, and they are spreading like wildfire across every possible genre that you can think of. And that, of course, is Riot Games. Ooh. <laughs> so Riot, I mean, their biggest game, obviously, League of Legends. Um, and, you know, that one I skipped. <laughs> I was never able to actually really get into it as much when it first came out. But their other titles are really, really speaking to me, and I'm getting really excited about them. But what is your take on Riot? What was your initial reaction with, you know, things like League of Legends and some of the other titles that they might be coming out with? Uh, I played League kind of when it started because um, it was different. You know, I remember when it came out, I was like, oh, like a MOBA. Like I remember and I'll get more into this later. You know, I I've experienced like the original Dota and stuff. My friends were all into those kind of games back in the day, but I never really jumped into it because it seemed really like high IQ for me. Mm. And then League came about and I was like, oh, this is this is kind of like what they used to play. So I'll try it out, you know, and I liked it. Like at the time, I really got into it. But after a while, I was like, I can't do these like 40 minute matches or longer, like yeah. all the time. And it's like, once you're losing, it's really hard to turn it around half the time. Cause for the most part, like at this point, I didn't really have those friends around that played those kind of games. So I would play these solo mm. and joining like random matches with people. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, and you don't get that party synergy. Even back then, like when it first kind of started, the community was already toxic and it just kind of like made me shy away from it. But uh, I always enjoyed being like a jungle, jungle lane, you know, jungle. Like I would play, uh, what's his name? Jax. Hmm. And I would just do jungle stuff because I don't know, a lot of, a lot of times, like it was kind of fun because you're like running around the lanes, you know, like it was, it's different. I I liked playing different lanes and stuff too, but for me, I never spent too long. Like I would say maybe like I dropped 80 hours into it or something like that, but mm -hmm. 
I just kind of stopped because it, I don't want to say it felt pointless, but I'd rather play other games instead, but I liked what I played. And then, uh, I think the other one I got really into was Teamfight Tactics because I, I like the idea of auto chess. I think it's really interesting. Like, yeah. It's such a different kind of game that I hate to make it sound like it feels like a mobile game, but I mean, it to me, when I first played it, I'm like, this feels like a mobile game. You know, I, I even thought about that with, you know, auto chess, like Dota's. And at first I was kind of afraid of it. And then I jumped into it and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'd rather play this than League because it's you're more so just you against everybody. You know, you don't have that like worry of like your teammate getting pissed at you for like a feeding a lane or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I got into that for a little bit. And then that's honestly kind of it. Like I played a little bit of Valorant and I liked it. Uh, as someone who played a lot of Counter-Strike back in the day, it felt good to play like a more clean and fun approach to it. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, if I'm playing like a multiplayer shooter, I'm doing some like Halo, you know, like no brain, just kind of run around, shoot, and you don't have to worry about like your powers or nothing. Like, it's just kind of, I don't look at it as competitive anymore. If I want to play competitive, like I'll, I'll stick to a certain genre, like a battle royale or something like that. Right. But. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing a lot with their games, so I'm interested to see like what next they have that's not like a super competitive game. Yeah. I think that was the like my biggest drawback from originally approaching some of the Riot games was the length of the matches. Like they mm-hmm. were so long. Like and I did start playing Teamfight Tactics recently and I do like the idea that like the matches seem a little bit faster, which is cool. You know, oh, and yeah. it's it you're not getting sucked into those things. And especially nowadays, like if I want like I don't have a lot of time to sit down and play long, long games, like I have way too much crap to do. <laughs> so like it, committing myself to sitting down and playing like a 40 minute match on League of Legends just doesn't sound practical or fun because I can't do that consistently. Like I remember the the one thing that like started turning me off from League of Legends originally was uh it was one of the the guys I was um going to school with and he played League like crazy. Like I think I don't even know the ranking system but he, like he was way high up there. He was like triple diamond or whatever bullshit like it's called you know like it just was like unrealistic i was like what the hell and i asked him i was like how many hours do you have in this and he showed me because you know usually it has like the hour counter well Mm -hmm. his didn't have hours anymore it just said days so his was at like at that time and this was i don't know like six years ago whenever i was in class with him it was at 23 days of play So, like, thinking, like, of how much time that is, that's insane to me. Like, actual 23 lived days in League of Legends. So, that's that's pretty nuts, in my opinion. And that, like, just to get to that rank, and he said that he wasn't even, you know, at the rank that he wanted to be. There was, like, one or two above him or something like that that he was trying to get to. And, like, to think that, like, dedicating that much time to a craft or a skill and still not, you know, especially with a video game, like with a video game, you feel like, at least in my opinion, I would hope that 
after putting 23 hours into a game, you would be like pretty fucking damn good at it, right? And like you'd be able to get everything that you want to get from this game, but still there is so much more that he wanted to get and acquire. And it's just like, damn, dude, that's a lot. That's that's insane. So I don't know. That that definitely like kind of shied me away where it's like, okay, I definitely don't have the time to commit to that, to like really get into it. Um, but then some of their other titles started popping up and they were in different genres and I got hooked. And then now I get it. Like I really enjoy Riot Games. It might not be, you know, their classic League of Legends, but it there are other titles that I'm really into, I'm really excited about. But before we get into some more of the actual gameplay or like the different titles that they have um, and the different genres that they've been branching into, uh, why don't we get a little bit of history behind Riot themselves? So do you want to take that away and give the audience a little bit of um, who Riot is, where they started and all that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was started in L.A. by two business students. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2006, they're... Uh, their main goal was to create like free to play games and what better way to do that than, you know, a MOBA, which have always been kind of free when you think about it. Uh, they actually hired a kind of well-known modder for defense of the ancients. And actually they hired a few, uh, but a lot of their ideas for early heroes and early like gameplay mechanics came from Defense of the Ancients or Dota. So, and there was actually some controversy with that because basically there was a website called Dota All Stars where people, you know, would t- it was like a forum. People would talk about the heroes and gameplay mechanics and balancing and nerfs and stuff, and it was basically seen as they were. L- looking at those forums taking all those ideas of new heroes and everything and taking it to league Mm -hmm. um but i'll get more into that a little bit later with like the birth of mobas and stuff but kind of started there uh for the most part they kind of ruled with league for a while i mean there were other competitors uh i think like heroes of new earth Mm -hmm. and so their competition wasn't too great until a couple years later when Dota 2 came into the scene. But by this time, uh, they already had touched into the esports realm, which I think once they really dug into the world of esports, that's when they blew up. I mean, I I know esports has been around for a while, especially if you don't count like the whole online part of it. But I almost feel like because of League, it's the esports we have nowadays. Like it existed with Counter Strike before, but League really brought the the grand appeal to it. You know, it made it feel like an actual like sporting event mm. to an extent. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of like the entry, like how they started. I mean, there's a lot. It goes a lot deeper, especially if you look at like their community outreach. But um, I think you were saying before you saw a little bit of how they work with the community. Yeah, I, I, what I found really fascinating with this company, and I think it's amazing, um, especially compared to like whenever you start thinking about other companies out there and how they handle community relations and issues that come up with their games. 
Um, Riot has a very transparent model, which I think is fantastic. And they aren't afraid to make fun of themselves. So with a lot of their titles and a lot of the issues that come up, whenever memes pop up, like they embrace the meme, right? And they Mm -hmm. make a joke out of whatever issue is having or they're having. And they actually address it with the community very quickly, which I think is pretty fascinating. And I think one of the big examples of it was with Teamfight Tactics. Um, Whenever that was first released, they said it's only a mobile game, right? Um, And a lot of the community kept, you know, like harping at it where it's like, why is this only mobile? Why can't we have it on the computer as well? Why isn't there a PC launch? And in one of their press releases, one of the creators actually like asked everyone in the audience was like, well, don't all of you guys have phones? So what is the issue of having it as a mobile game only? And then <laughs> like the, they did a funny press release later where it's like, oh, you know, we've done some research and we realized that everyone has a phone and everyone can play this game, right? Like it made it where it's like, oh, like they kind of made a joke out of their own response because it was kind of like an outburst, right? It wasn't planned and they they made a joke out of it, which I thought was really funny. And they really harped on the, like stood behind the, the choice there of saying like, hey, like this is a game that can reach everybody now. Like you don't need a PC to run this game. You don't need all that. Like all you need is a phone. And like, I think that's what they were trying to go for was they were including a wider audience. And I think on the day that Teamfight Tactics released, it ended up getting like, I forgot what it was. It was like 250,000 downloads or something like in the first day, which is ridiculous. And now there's like way more players than that, right? But like the, obviously there was a big like, rush to play this game and everyone like i think it was the fact that they made a joke out of it where it actually i don't know like well, made it acceptable in a sense right or like kind of like a the- big thing with that is that the whole phone thing was actually from uh diablo immortals so um which is interesting because they're always constantly digging at blizzard Mm. Um, the whole thing with, you know, everyone has a phone was during the Diablo Immortals thing, uh, press conference. Oh, okay. Um, people were like, so are we going to play on PC? And they were like, no, everyone has a phone. And of course everyone booed. Right. So then Riot saw that. And when Team Fikes, like you said, like they came out and they were like, oh yeah, we're doing mobile. And they made a complete joke on it. And because they were able to feed into the players hate against blizzard because it already shown that blizzard didn't listen to their community i think that play on blizzard really really helped right bolster it because like i mean when you look at riot a lot of their stuff seems like copies of blizzard stuff yeah so I mean, them the able to yeah it's, it's yeah very similar mm-hmm. and it was interesting like i remember when that Diablo conference happened and I was like on the internet looking like, Oh God, really? Like they're just going to do mobile. I don't, I don't know if Diablo Immortals ever came out. I forget, but, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty great when they did that. Yeah. I, I love the fact that they did it though, because it just showed that they're not taking themselves too seriously, which is Mm -hmm. nice. Um, Oh, Diablo Immortals hasn't come out yet. Oh God. Yeah, it says uh, initial release date 2022 for iOS only. But I think that it's going to, that probably might never come out. 
unfortunately, especially with all the issues that are popping up with Blizzard and everything like that. So, but I, I just do really appreciate the transparency behind Riot and the fact that they're able to, you know, just poke fun at themselves. And it just shows that like with the, I guess the backbone of the company or what they actually stand for is they are a gaming company and they know that they're making things for entertainment purposes uh, for play, right? And so they're having fun with it. And the biggest audience, like you can have all the QA testers in the world working for your company, but if you don't listen to the community itself, then like how can you grow and expand and they've really shown that model and like it shows too with like how blizzard or even like bethesda reacts to community you know outbreaks like with the like bethesda has so many issues with their games and now it's just kind of like a joke and bethesda never approaches those issues or says that they're working on things or you know releases things like that Whereas Riot will instantly be like, okay, like we heard you. This is the steps that we're laying forward for. It might not exactly handle the issues that you are addressing, but it is something that we are trying to work on and make minor adjustments to their games to help fit things, right? Because they can't fit, they can't listen 100% to the community, but they have to take a lot of the issues in line, right? So that comes th with things like, you know, balancing characters in League of Legends. There's obviously a lot of issues with that as well, because some people might be a little bit overpowered. And it's hard to get balancing right in game. So you can't really get mad at companies for that either. Um, same things with like Legends of Ruterra, or even like this happened a lot in Hearthstone, where you get co new cards coming out where it's like, okay, that just broke the game completely. But it's nice that they're reacting to those situations and handling them accordingly. Um, instead of just letting like the game break for a long time, right? And I think that's something that even harps back is earlier on to like Magic the Gathering, right? There's a lot of card packs that used to come out that would be like, okay, this broke it, right? But because it's a print media focused one, it's hard for them to react to those kind of game or those kind of cards and act accordingly. So it always felt like they weren't listening. Even if they were, it just takes longer for production to come out. So the fact that they're able to react to situations or issues quickly, and then since everything is media or digital, they're able to address those issues and make those minor adjustments to kind of start fine tweaking things like fast for the community. So it just feels like they're really listening and, you know, trying to give the best product possible. It's like uh, when Valorant launched, you know, like I remember, I think it was like, two weeks or so it was just on twitch and basically any time like a streamer was like talking about something about needing changes like they listened you know it was interesting how they let streamers and their communities kind of mold a game because you don't you don't ever really see that well with that one too there was some issues behind it as well where it wasn't all streamers right like there mm -hmm. was a pretty big um like lash out against Riot during that time where it was mainly North American streamers. Like uh, the, it wasn't being released to European streamers or European players um, because there there was said to be an, a bias towards North American players. And they knew that this game could like was going to make it to like esports. So it like it felt like they were giving them an unfair advantage at first. Um, but I feel I did get ended up getting released for all audiences whereas like a wider array and everyone can harp in and you know play it and test it and all that stuff later on but at first yeah there was a pretty big lash out against that
you find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. <laughs> hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. Ugh. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's The Labyrinth, The Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. Riot is really good at listening to community and it feels like they're listening to everyone. And, you know, that's not... 100% true, I guess. Like, there, there's issues in all companies, right? Mm -hmm. um, everybody has problems that they go through. Like, no company is perfect. Uh, there's always going to be something that comes up that, you know, might be negative in the in the eyes of everyone, the world. Um, like, if you look at Blizzard with everything that they're going through, um, there's a lot of problems there. And the way that they're handling it is not appropriate. Um, mm -hmm. But with Riot, yes, they did have a lot of issues popping up and we can go into that as well. But like they did have a lot of issues, but they addressed them quickly and they were able to kind of handle it accordingly, which I think is the big difference between the way Blizzard is handling things, the way Riot handles it. And the reason why Riot seems to be, you know, on this upward trajectory to taking over what Blizzard has set in place already like becoming the new Blizzard, right? Um, but with some of those issues, do you want to kind of touch on some of the, you know, bad that has been with, <laughs> with Riot? Because, you know, it, we've been talking a lot about like the good things, the sunshine and rainbows, right? With between yeah. Riot. But there obviously are issues underlying this company as well, which, like I said, you're going to find them everywhere. Like we, in the company that we work with, we get, you know, so many issues like human resource issues, like, you know, sexual harassment, bullying, you know favoritism all that crap there's a lot of discrimination but that kind of comes with unfortunately that comes a lot with every company that you ultimately work with it which sucks but the yep. the hope is that that company is able to react accordingly and react quickly so yeah so what what issues has riot actually run into and how have they handled it just like the games well they stole another thing from blizzard and you know that was discrimination and <laughs> sexual harassment <laughs> seriously like it's interesting when you look at riot and then you compare it to blizzard and i mean 
granted blizzard is they're they're really not doing anything to fix the problem yeah. if anything they just keep adding more and more gas to the fire but i mean that that's a whole issue for another day like i personally don't know how blizzard's really still hanging in there still like why kotick is still there but you know that's i can go on a rant about that but for riot uh there was it was kind of known that there was some kind of discrimination going on but it wasn't until i think 2018 when kotaku did an article and kotaku for me like i kind of don't really read their stuff too much because i don't really I don't really follow news for games that much, but um, they they seem to have, like hyper real. I, I don't know like the, the right term for it. Like blow things out of proportion a little bit too. Like, yeah, like they're make, I, they're they're an entertainment source. And I think that's something to kind of remember too. And this actually came up in the conversation on our other show, Murder of Grey, um, where like the same thing issue with Fox News, right? Like it's mm-hmm. an entertainment news source. Like entertainment is attached to the title, so they're going to be a little bit more extra, right? When they're reporting these things, so you can't take the stuff for face value. But like the underlying issue is still there, but they might be like blowing it up. A little bit more than it is i do like their recent style of journalism when it comes to blizzard because they're kind of going into that like attack mode mm-hmm. where they're just like relentless on it which is kind of interesting to watch and i mean they do bring up good points on these kind of problems that should be announced like honestly they should just stick to this kind of stuff and regular game news because the way they get in depth with this is really interesting but mm-hmm. in the 2018 article they they ran an interview and it basically became known that a lot of the head people just are scumbags. And I feel like, like you said, this is rampant in every company you're in. I feel like this was the first big game studio to really have like a lawsuit or an action about this. Like Mm -hmm. you never I feel like you didn't really hear this kind of stuff too often in the game companies, even though it's obvious this stuff has happened. And if you look back on some people's interviews, like other companies have had these issues too. Or like even the creation of the Tamagotchi. Remember that conversation? That's true. She got no recognition for it at all, ever. Like that's insane when it was a female creator. So, And it's like, you know, with any big game studio or corporation, it's just, it regretfully happens. You know, that's why you see more diversity in indie games because people are allowed to actually voice their opinions. Mm-hmm. But basically with Riot, um, you know, the CEO kind of like blizzards is looking away from everything that's happened, even though there's like proof of stuff he's said and things he's done. But after that article, they had, do you call them an auditor or the people that like investigate, you know, the, the claims. Yeah. I think it's came auditor. in yeah. and, you know, according to them, they were able to fix the issues in the low to middle tier positions, right? Like mm-hmm. they were able to solve a lot of the issues that were going on, but they kind of avoided the top positions, right? The CEO, the head of like all of those kind of people. So, it seemed fixed for a while, but even last year, it was brought out that no stuff is still going on. 
it's just being like shoved under the rug and it it's kind of like a ongoing battle i guess with it but it's you know the whole blizzard thing really took over that but it seems like they're at least trying to do something to change it you know and the ceo he's a dick too you know like i there was a line where he said that he feels the same discrimination a woman does because he's french (sighs) and it's like come on dude like can't say that it's like just just shut up you know but better stay quiet it it's sad that stuff like this happens and i'm glad people are out there you know speaking about it because i mean this i look at it like this right it being point out in such a big scale it even if it doesn't completely change something at that business that's gonna send a ripple effect to every other company out there where people feel discriminated and it might give them a hope or a chance to be like, Hey, I can change my workplace, you know, like let's do this. And it's like, it sucks that this happens, but when things get brought out like that, it, you hope that it would change other places. And honestly, it's just, it's sickening. Like how people think they can get away with doing that kind of stuff. But I mean, people are people, you know, and there's only so much you can do to change their ideas. So it's better just honestly to fire them. But that, that was really the big thing with riot. And for a while, like I actually really disliked riot just because of that reason, even though like, I know that was just like, you know, a little core group of people. It's, it's still shitty when something like that happens. But that was probably the big, big issue. Mm-hmm. But at least they seem like they're trying to fix it, unlike Blizzard, who just doesn't do that. Right. Yeah. They're being more transparent. And I think they're learning a big lesson from what Blizzard is going through on how, like a better way to approach these things. Like If you address it head on, then you're going to get a better reaction out of it, right? Instead of just like shying away from media, letting media just say whatever they want to, you know, like there's a, yeah, I don't know. Like I, (laughs) I just get so flustered thinking about the blizzard thing because it's just so frustrating. It's like, this sucks because games are for everyone. We're there to make games to inspire everyone. What, no Mm -hmm. matter the race, the gender, whatever, it doesn't give a shit, like doesn't matter. Like your purpose is to make fun. Like you're generating fun for people. And you're inspiring the next like generation of makers. Like that's your goal as a game designer is to inspire other people. Like so, just fucking do it. Sorry. Like you know, like it just <laughs> it gets me frustrated whenever I see that stuff. So anyway, <laughs> so I mean, with right obviously issues. Yes, they they do have some things, but they are addressing them accordingly, in my opinion. Right. Um. And I I think it would be good to maybe like. Oh, gosh, I just got really flustered with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, like we touched on a lot of the different games that Riot has made, or a few of them, right? They don't really have like a huge list of games, but what they do have is a vast world to pull from, which I think is amazing. They have the world of Runeterra. Um, Runeterra is 
you know, it got generated from League of Legends with all their heroes. And now they're expanding it to all of their titles, which I think is freaking like so cool to do because it allows everyone, despite what genre of play that you enjoy the most, you can still have the same conversations and the same love for a character uh, regardless of what game you're playing, right? Like, I think that's a really cool way of approaching like game design in general or being a big company. Like, World of Warcraft does have that as well because, you know, with Blizzard and all them, like, they have the, you know, Hearthstone, which has a lot of the same characters coming through. And you do, like, so they're obviously pulling from the success of that. But I just love the way that Riot is handling it and the amount of genres that they're actually approaching so i mean legends of Ruterra, i talk about that one a lot because you know it's a card game and as everyone knows from the show i am obsessed with card games i love them um i just love i don't know it's like playing chess you know and it's just there's a clear set of rules you're able to think things out like maybe that's why i really enjoy turn-based combat as well in games too because it gives me the chance to think strategize and i find that the most exciting aspect of gaming and Runeterra does that really, really well. Um, I know that you haven't played much of it, but I really recommend you check it out because it's such a fast-paced card game. Like, there's a lot going on. You have your cards evolving over time depending on different conditions, which I think is really cool. Um, you can have different champions within your deck as well. So you can try and create, like, synergy between different, you know, groups and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just really, really fun. And it that like further expands on the whole Terror world. And then we've talked a lot about Teamfight Tactics as well, um, which is, you know, an auto chess game, but it does the same thing. It just continues to branch out and just make things much more interesting and exciting for people. And like it's bringing in different styles of play into their world, which I think is just fantastic. Um, and then one of their Let's do going more recently, right? Like, let's say Ruined King. If you love, you know, more of that adventure RPG style game, like they have that option for you now too. And it's just further broadening the worlds, but it's not just broad. Like, I think the fantastic thing about Ruined King, in my opinion, is that it's not just broadening the worlds of the champions, right? It's not just getting you like excited about these characters. It's now broadening the actual world. So you're mm-hmm. seeing the sceneries, you're seeing the buildings, you're seeing the places that these heroes, these legends live in, and you're able to now explore those zones too, which is really, really cool. So I really love the fact that they're doing that. And I think my favorite thing that Riot has come out with, and it is what like really, I feel like inspired this conversation of having an episode on Riot in general, is the show Arcane. Like, holy crap. Like, the fact that they got a Netflix deal um, to make a show is really cool, but then when you actually watch this thing, it is stunning. It is fantastic, and it further explores the world of Runeterra and just makes you fall in love with these characters on a much different level, right? You're no longer playing them, you're experiencing them. Like, whenever I see Jinx now on any form of League of Legends, like, you can feel like the psychotic breakdowns that she's having like you feel much more for the character after watching the show arcane so it's oh man i I know you just recently watched it we talked a a little bit about it before on the last episode but you know man arcane was great wasn't it oh (laughs) i really liked it i mean maybe not the imagine dragons music but everything else (laughs) about it like i i really liked a lot and i was kind of 
I don't say afraid of it, but I shied away from it because I'm like, eh, it's league, you know? And then I watched it and I'm like, damn, this is actually really good. Like I was very surprised by it. And just the animation, like during scenes, like with music and stuff, they really knew how to capture such a, I don't know. It was just nice images. Like it was just good to look at. Like, even if you don't care about the story, like, it's really beautiful mm-hmm. and I I'm embracing if more people do that kind of art style with more shows. You know, I there's so many heroes in the whole Rune Terra world that they could do so much with it. And, you know, looking at Ruined King, I'm actually really interested in that because the company that made it did uh battle chasers which i really like that yeah. little indie game and i mean if you look at it they kind of look the same like the battle system is the exact same thing so i'm actually really interested in it because i mean i also like rpgs so yeah. i don't know i think it's a really interesting world and i was when i was watching arcane i was like oh i'm gonna look up the world map for runeterra and it's big yeah. you know it's they can do a lot with it and touching back on blizzard real quick is that you know that is the difference between riot and them is that they do listen to their community and they see league as a brand right like a world and i'm not saying blizzard didn't look at that with warcraft i mean they they obviously did but they didn't know how to capture people right like warcraft they made movies they've they've done a lot of crap but the reason why I feel Riot is so successful in this is that they know how to capture the current, I don't want to say current trends, but they just know how to do it, right? Like, you look at the current, like, the last Warcraft movie, it it, it just looked kind of bad, yeah. you know? And it's not going to hold up over time. Yeah. It's just going to look and worse and worse, yeah. You look at Arcane and it's like, well, that'll last, you know? And I think personally like over time we're gonna see the shift of people gravitating from maybe blizzard ips over if you know they make more games like it you know you really look at the games that both have done and i think the only thing really missing which riot is working on right now is an mmo yep project f that's right and i'm fascinated by that because even though i'm like fully into Final Fantasy fourteen, I'd be willing to try it just to see like how beautiful it's gonna be, honestly. Yeah, from some of the screenshots that they've put out, it looks amazing. Like some of the footage that we've seen so far, oh my gosh, so cool. But like I think this really speaks on I think the success of Riot really speaks on the fact that the designers themselves are still having fun making this world, right? They they have fun making games, they're listening to the community and like they sure like you can say a lot of their games or all their games are just clones of different titles but what they're doing is that they're like they're taking what they find enjoyable and fun and expanding on it right like if it's if it's a fun model why are you going to mess with it too much and like yes you can you can harp on them and say like oh like they're just stealing they're just you know they're they're reskinning the same damn game 
But like throughout history, a lot of titles do the same thing. Like how many different, you know, Legend of Zelda clones are out there, but they do really, really well. How many Final Fantasy like clones are there out there, right? Like it's it's not taking the heart of the game. It's taking the mechanics of the game and then now putting on their own heart behind it, right? They're using it as a way to expand the world that they're currently like they're still enjoying, obviously. And they're making it more fun and approachable for every audience out there, like in general. Like the fact that they made Arcane the show is now bringing people in who don't even play games, who just enjoy anime or whatever it may be, or just want something good to watch. Like now they can be a part of the conversation of, you know, Runeterra and like enjoy the world that's there. And then for the people who are playing games, you now have even more lore behind it, which I think is really smart on their part because League of Legends, while there is, you know, a vast lore behind it, the game itself is just you hop in and you start playing, right? Like you don't get the story beats, you don't get that stuff. So now this is Riot's way of introducing more and more story beats and more and more character growth to their already you know well-established heroes so i think it's really really clever and really fun and speaking on that the fun aspect the fun continues like you mentioned they are working on an mmo right now it's currently called project f but that is not the only game that they have on the back burners right now they also have project l which is their fighting game which I think looks awesome so far. Um, and it's going to be really, really fun to play. But it's a 2D fighting game where you play as all these amazing heroes that they've established. And if you like Marvel vs. Capcom, from what I've seen of the footage, you're going to love this game. It's You play as two different champions, um, and then you're able to tag in and tag out, set up combos, do all that fun stuff. So it just... Yeah, like <laughs> this game is about generating fun in a really clever way. And I'm really excited to see what else they make in the near future. I want to see. Think, I want to see Project Z, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's and there's other things they worked on that I feel like not. It doesn't get blown up as like those like the ones we talked about. Like they have a board game already. Oh yeah. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it it exists, and they've had like little mini arcade games, and they even have like a. On the Netflix subscription app, you know, now you can play games on Netflix. They have a game on there catered around Arcane. It's basic, but I mean, they're hitting everything. And they even have virtual bands. Like, I think they have like two different bands. They have like Pentakill and KDA, and they're virtual. You know, it's kind of like the whole VTuber kind of thing. Like, the. I don't know how to call it, but you know, the 3d models, like right. playing music, it's kind of cool. Like they have a metal band and then they have like the pop and it's like, they're really trying to hit everything right now. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's smart. And uh, from their history, like whether it's pretty brief, honestly, as far as a company goes, you know, like 14 years isn't a lot, but they've made big waves in the gaming industry and I'm very excited to see what more waves are to come, right? Like what new titles, what new genres are they going to approach? What new areas of media are they going to tackle and just put that right flair on there? So I'm really excited to see what comes out. All right. So I think with that, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in on our conversation on Riot Games and, you know, where they've come, where they've been, all that fun stuff. 
But we really hope that you've enjoyed your time here with us in this little conversation. Um, if you don't mind, it would be really appreciated if you could share the show with someone that, you know, you think you might in, they might enjoy it. It's the best way for a podcast to get out there is by word of mouth. So thank you, everyone, who has been sharing it in the past. And thank you for everyone who will be doing it in the future. But with that, we'll be talking to you guys next week with our next conversation, next topic. Um, and who knows? It could be a fun one. <laughs> it will be a fun it one. It will be a it fun one. It will be a fun one. Don't worry. <laughs> We're going to be expanding our own Glitch Cube world like Riot does. With OnlyFans. With, with the, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> I'll put my cats on OnlyFans. It'll be great. Cat pictures, on. feet pictures. You know, we got we got the gamer bath water going on. Oh, that gamer bath water. Ooh, super salty. Actually, what about gamer juice? Actually, no, that kind of sounds wrong. Uh, that's gross. <laughs> anyway, before we go too far <laughs> with that, <laughs> that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much. And uh, bye. Bye.
Bye.